You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Abba, we come this evening with joyful hearts because we have you. As we come this evening, we approach your word with reverence. We approach your word with open hearts. Your word is the word that created the heaven and the earth. And tonight, we trust that creation that's required, healing that's required, will be done by your word. Abba, break down walls of resistance. Grant us good soil. Grant us fruitful reception. Your glory for power will be present here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to go around and hug five people before you sit down. So today we're continuing the freedom series for the month and today I'll be covering the topic freedom from sickness. I want to implore you a couple of things. Number one, I want you to listen with your heart. God's word is life and when we approach God's word with open hearts, Miracles happen. So I want you to listen intentionally. I want you to listen with expectation. God's word is what does the healing. So as you're sitting there, whatever it is, if you're, if you're looking for healing, God's word is what's going to heal you. So I'd like you to listen with an open heart. Um, I want you to clear your mind of preconceptions. You're going to hear things maybe that will surprise you might jar your current um, thinking. I want you to clear your mind. I want you to subject it to God's word and let God's word recreate your mind. Okay? So, I'm going to be talking about freedom from sickness. Before I start, I have a sense in my heart that there's someone here, and I'm saying it now so I don't forget at the end, there's somebody here who has abortions. Um, now, when I said that, your heart may have skipped, so that may be you. This is to do with healing. So either you have had abortions in the past that now affects your fertility, you have spontaneous abortions, and so you never take um, pregnancy to term, or something else to do with abortions. <clears throat> Two things for you. Number one, don't be afraid. God has your number. Number two, listen with your heart because God is intent on healing you today. In Jesus' name. Okay. So I'm going to start with a question. 
I'd like the mic, please, to go around. I want three answers to this question. Uh, do you have a mic? Um, where were you in 1933? So I want three answers. Where were you in 1933? And anyone, please, three answers. I'm, I'm, watching, I'm, I'm watching the time. This is like three sermons in one, so I'm going to... Anyone? Any takers? Where were you in 1933? No, it's just I can't. Nobody? Yeah. Someone's over there. You need to... Okay, it's just speak up. Say that again. In heaven. Okay, any alternative answers? Anyone else? In God's plan. So, heaven's shelf. The loins of your grandfather. Okay. Fantastic. Let, let, so, first of all, I want to talk about the law of inheritance. Um, we all understand the concept of inheritance um, from natural life, from just daily living. We understand that a chicken lays an egg, the egg becomes a chicken. We understand that, you know, um, a white couple generally won't have a black child. We understand that a lion will not give birth to a rabbit. Okay? A, a mango tree will not give orange fruit. So we get that. It's, but this is actually a, the, the law of inheritance is actually broader in scope than this. It's a foundational law of God. Um, I call it meta law, if you like, because we don't think of laws of God. We think of kind of Ten Commandments or the laws that are given to man. But there are laws that govern how the universe operates, if you like. Um, so we know that we have natural laws. A lot of the natural laws are actually specific applications or specific um, expressions of broader supernatural laws. Now, it's important to understand these laws or meta-laws because if you want to be successful in any environment, you understand the laws that govern the environment. Okay? If you want to build ships that will travel you know, across the seas of the world, you need to understand something about the law of flotation. If you want to build aircraft that weigh more than 10 cars and will fly consistently every time you want to fly, you need to understand something about the law of aerodynamics um, and other relevant laws. Okay, so it's important to understand this law because this, this law forms the basis on which we understand our inheritance. Okay? So to answer the question, I agree with the last person. You were in your grandfather in 1933, depending on whether it's your father, grandfather, great-grandfather. Can I have three people? Can I have... Can you please... Can I have you? Yeah. Can I have... Both of you, please. Different heights, right? Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. So if you just stand here, if you stand behind him, if you stand in front of him. Like totally opposite. <laughs> Take it easy. Okay. Okay, so this is the grandfather. This is a great this is grandfather, great grandfather, father, or mother. Now, 
when I, okay, what happens, this guy is 12 years old. What happens if I kill him? What happens to them? They are in him. If I bless him, I bless them. If he makes wrong life decisions and ends up in poverty and ruin, what happens to him? Was he there? Well, we may say he was there in him. If he makes great decisions, ends up very, very wealthy, what happens to him? Right. Thank you very much. Okay. Yes, okay. thank you. You... So the law of inheritance, I put it this way, um, you are essentially the offspring is in, is in the progenitor and derives its life from the progenitor. Okay? Um, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. Genesis 1.11. Genesis 1.11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed. Genesis 1.11. If you can follow me in your Bibles, otherwise just follow, follow my voice. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. Now this is, I was talking about trees, but this actually speaks to a broader principle. In Hebrews 7, we get a, an account by the writer of Hebrews of what happened when Abraham came back from the slaughter of kings. So Abraham has gone to war and has won a great victory by the power of God. And on his way coming back, he meets a guy called Melchizedek. Melchizedek is king of Salem, priest of God. Melchizedek is a notable character in the Old Testament. And he pays tithe to Melchizedek. And Melchizedek blesses him. Now, this is what the writer of Hebrews says. Hebrews 7, 9, and 10. And as I may say, uh, as I may so say, Levi also, who received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Abraham, great-grandfather, Isaac, grandfather, Jacob, father, Levi, son. We see in scripture that Levi was in Abraham paying tithe to Melchizedek. Finally, I want us to look at 1 Kings 11, 11, uh, 11 to 12. So what happens here is that, you know, David has died, Solomon is king, he's been reigning now, and he has turned his heart away from God. Okay, so I'm going to read very slowly, please follow me. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee. Who is that thee? Who is that thee? Solomon. 
Can I, can I get a response? So I know you're following, please. And will give it to thy servant. Now, the next verse. Notwithstanding, in thy days I will not do it for David thy father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of thy son. 15 minutes. Fantastic. So, we see here, Solomon, God says to Solomon, you have been disobedient, I am taking the kingdom from you. But actually, I'm taking it from you after you die. I'm taking it from you by taking it from your son. So we see again the principle of inheritance at work here. God is talking to Solomon, but he's not just talking to Solomon. Okay? He's talking to Solomon's seed in him. So, essentially, what we are saying is that the, the offspring derives its life from the progenitor. The decisions made affect the offspring. You could say that the offspring is in the progenitor making those decisions, or at least receiving the consequences of those decisions. Okay? Now, also important to know that there are dimensions of inheritance. So you can imagine you inherit your nature, you inherit your name, and then you inherit possessions. These are examples of dimensions. These dimensions have different characteristics. Um, the other thing important to note about laws is that we understand them to a point. So we understand the law of gravity, for example, um, but no one actually knows how it works. You know, we know it works. We kind of figure out the parameters, but no one actually knows how exactly it works. That's, a, that's something else about the nature of laws. Okay, so that's the law of inheritance. Having seen this, when God created man and God told man and blessed man and said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, he was talking to Adam, yes? But he was talking to the whole of mankind in Adam. He didn't need to come to every human being born thereafter to tell them this. Do you follow? Okay. When God says, have dominion, have dominion over creatures of the water, have dominion over creatures on land, have dominion over creatures in the air, that dominion mandate wasn't just to Adam. It was to everyone in Adam. Right? When he told Adam, of all the trees in the garden, you may freely eat and enjoy. But of this one tree, don't eat. The day you eat, you die. He was talking to Adam, but he was talking to all of us. So you could say, like Levi in Abraham paying tithe, we were in Adam disobeying God. You could say, but what is definitely clear is that the consequences of that disobedience we all inherited. Do you appreciate that? What Adam did, the decisions Adam made, changed Adam, changed his world, and we inherited his life, his nature, his name, and his world. So when Adam sinned, sin came to us. So I'm going to read Romans 5, 12 to 17. Romans 5, 12 to 17. Wherefore, 
as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Notice that. Not all will sin, all have sinned. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them who had not sinned. After the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come? But not as the offense, so also is the free, free gift. If through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift, of, gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many. And not as it is, not, and not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift for the judgment, for the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. We, we inherited death from Adam. We got it because of the law of inheritance. Death comes with sickness. Death comes with all its causes and all its baggage. Man sinned in Adam. All of mankind sinned in Adam. That is why God sent Jesus. Jesus is called the last Adam. Now, you are in Adam. Adam sinned. God then sends Jesus as a man, right? Because man gives rise to man. We are then recreated from Adam, the first Adam, and put into Adam, the last Adam. So the way you are in Adam, inheriting death, you can be in Christ, inheriting life. The way you are in Adam, inheriting his name, you can be in Christ, inheriting his name. The way you are in Adam, inheriting his possessions, you are in Christ, inheriting his possessions. You have a question? Okay. I want to read uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians 1, 3. Okay. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who may bless us with all... Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bless us with all... Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with many spiritual blessings. 
with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Verse 4, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. God has provided an alternative. If you read through the book of Ephesians, you see actually God's purpose is to eventually derive a new humankind in Christ. So he has provided an alternative. You are in Adam. Adam sinned. Death reigned. When you come into Christ, the same way you were not there to, to consult in the garden. You weren't there to consult about Jesus' obedience to his father. Everything Jesus has done, every victory he has won, everything he has gained is yours by inheritance. Everything. That is why it says, Blessed be God who has blessed us with all. I want you to think about that. All spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings. I'll read a couple of scriptures to just drive home this point. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. For we are his workmanship created in Christ. Created. That is why scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new... The Greek actually means a new creature, a new type of creature never before seen. People take that oftentimes to mean, I'm in Christ, I'm a new version of... I mean, I'm kind of just an upgrade. There is, it says here, you created. Created in Christ. Now, don't ask me the details of how he did it. I don't know, it's a mystery. But that he has done it is without doubt. Ephesians 1, 9, 9, 9 to 11. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had proposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. We've obtained an inheritance in Christ. Inheritance speaks of gifting. When you inherit something, you are gifted it. When you inherit something, you don't earn it. When you inherit something, someone else has done the work. When you inherit something, it speaks of potentiality. It speaks of 
potency, and I'll explain what that means in a second. Galatians 3, 27 to 29. I'm reading scriptures because I'm reading many scriptures so that you see, some of you might find it might sound odd to you, but you see that this is, I'm telling you what the Bible says. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither born nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye, are, ye all are one in Christ. And if ye be Christ, then ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Okay? So we can talk about inheritance broadly. And that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about healing. We're actually talking about healing, health, and wholeness. So you might not be sick, but there could be something missing. You might not be sick. There's going to be something missing. If you are missing an arm, you're not sick. You know, but you're not whole, right? Could be, it could be mental, physical, emotional, whatever it is. I want you to think about healing as it relates to you. Healing, health, and wholeness are part of your inheritance. Actually, the subject of healing is multidimensional. The different ways you could come at this, the different ways you can get healed. But today we are focusing on the sure banker. Inheritance is a sure banker because it's done, right? You don't have to do to get it. It is done for you. Now, to show you that healing is yours, that health is yours, that wholeness is yours by inheritance, I'm going to read two scriptures. Isaiah 53, 5, popular scriptures, and 1 Peter 2, 24. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Isaiah is speaking prophetically. Isaiah is speaking many years before Christ. First Peter 2.24, Peter is speaking after Jesus has come. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye will be healed. By whose stripes ye are healed. By whose stripes ye were healed. Remember, he hath blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. It is part of your inheritance. So very quickly, I want to speak about enjoying your inheritance. Now, some people might say, this sounds so easy, sounds so straightforward. So I shouldn't be sick. Yes, I agree. But if someone, imagine a guy who's very poor for whatever reason, and whose father is, is a billionaire in dollars. His father has written the will and last will and testament. Every single dollar goes to the son, okay? So the father dies at 11.54 p.m., six minutes to midnight, okay? At 11.55 p.m., is that son a billionaire? Yes? Alternative answers, yes? Okay, so the son's a billionaire. So we have this billionaire. If you go and try to steal 
money from his account, what will you see? Nothing. The inheritance is his potentially. It is his. Right? It's his. It's his by right. But he can die of poverty without inheritance. He can live a life that is discordant, is misaligned with his inheritance. To enjoy our inheritance, we must lay claim on it. To enjoy your inheritance, you must lay claim on it. Um, a good example of this is the story, and the Bible says it's given as an example to us, is the story of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and going into Canaan. Okay? In that story, Canaan is the inheritance. Because God promises Abraham, who is their forefather, the land. He says, this land I'm giving to you, giving to your descendants. So the land is theirs by inheritance. Do you get that? And God comes and says, I'm taking it to the land, a land flowing with milk and honey that I have promised your fathers. The Lord says they should go spy the land. And they send out 12 spies who come back. Ten of them begin to murmur and say, listen, these guys are humongous. We are like grasshoppers to them. We are even like grasshoppers to ourselves. We are like grasshoppers to ourselves. The Bible says, Caleb stilled the crowd before Moses. You can read it, Numbers 14. Caleb stilled the crowd before Moses and said, we are well able to go up and take it, if the Lord be with us. Okay? So I'm going to read a couple of key verses from Numbers 14. First, Numbers 14, 28. So God, reacting to this set of circumstances, says to Moses, Say unto them, is God speaking, As truly as I live, seeth the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. And he says, All of you here will not inherit the land. But in in, Verse 24 of Numbers 14, he says, But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and had followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went and his seed, his seed, come again with that word, shall possess it. In the book of Hebrews, we are given a New Testament account of this story. So I want to read quickly Hebrews 3 from verse 18. That's the tail end of Hebrews 3. I'm going to read to Hebrews 4 verse 3. It's talking about this event. And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest but to them that, but to them that believe not. So before I go on, he says they should not enter into his rest. In the Old Testament he says you won't enter into the land. You see, God had promised the land to Abraham and said, your your descendants will enjoy this land. God, in his mercy, organized for developers 
property developers to go to the land to develop it, dig wells, build houses, plant vineyards. These developers were gigantic. They were huge. They were giants. So they built fantastic houses. They dug deep wells. And God now says, fantastic. I've developed it. In fact, I promised him the land. I'm giving you the land. I'm giving you houses on top. I'm giving you vineyards on top. That is called rest because rest is the place where work has ceased. The first mention of rest is in the book of Genesis. God rested from his work. He worked. Everything was done. The first day of Adam's life is the, is the first mention of rest in scripture. So I want you to, to hold that picture on your head. Rest speaks to inheritance. It speaks to work that is completed, right? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear, verse 1 of uh, chapter 4, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached. So everything I'm telling you now is gospel. What God told them was gospel. As well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The works were finished from the foundation of the world. Ephesians says he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Rest is your inheritance. And this applies to many facets. Today we're talking about health. Good health is your inheritance. Jesus paid the price for your health. There is no reason for you to pay again. Now, how do we inherit this? We inherit this by faith, by believing. It's very simple. The way to think about this is how we inherit eternal life. Right? How do we inherit eternal life? Some people think it's by praying. But actually, you don't inherit eternal life by praying or fasting. Not that praying and fasting are bad, but they're very good. But that's not the way you inherit. It says in Romans 10, 9 to 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Please know the word confess. Remember God said to the Israelites, he said, as you have spoken in my ears. Do you remember that? As you have spoken in my ears. He says, if you confess and you believe. For, verse 10, for with the heart man believed unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The word for confession in Greek is homoglou. It means to, okay, so imagine Imagine there is a, you've seen, it, you've seen it in the movies, there's a guy who's brought in for stealing. And he's there and he's folding his arms. And the police officer comes and says, I know you, you, bought, um, you bought a master key from this shop 
in Lagos. I know that you took that master key and went to number 44, whatever street. I know you used that master key to go in at night when no one was at home. I know you stole, stole two televisions, and I know you've hidden them somewhere. Do you confess? If he confesses, what does he do? He says, I agree. It is true. I bought the master key. I went in. I to confess means to repeat in agreement. It means to align yourself with. Does that make sense? So to confess, there must be a word that comes to you for you to confess. Something must come. And that's why the word of God is about that what we're sharing now is very important. You receive what is already done by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. The way you receive the salvation of your soul is the same way you receive healing for your body. It's that simple. In the same episode of suffering and death, they were both paid for. 2 Corinthians 4.13 We have in the same spirit of faith. I want you to remember when God was talking about Caleb, he said, but a different spirit a different spirit. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Ladies and gentlemen, God's word couldn't be simpler, more straightforward, easier to follow. And yet it is the simplicity of this world that often trips us up. Like the Israelites who are trying to go into the promised land, we just cannot see how we get from here to there. Like the Israelites facing the giants on the promised land, we often face giants on our inheritance. I want you to pay attention. There are often giants on your inheritance of good health, of wholeness, and of healing. Giants of fear. Giants of an evil report. Giants of lying symptoms. The question is which confession are you making? Are you agreeing with the giants that you see? Or are you agreeing with the inheritance that God has promised? That's the question. So this evening, I would like, I would like you to put your faith wholly on God's word and accept it for what it is. Can we rise? I want all eyes closed, please. All eyes closed. I want, uh, if you are here and you want healing, I want you to put your hand on the part of your body that needs healing. 
if you are here believing for someone that you love, I want you to put your hand on the relevant part of the body as a point of contact. If the word I gave earlier applies to you, and I want all eyes closed, please. I will not call you out. Uh, no, uh, God's not looking to embarrass you. He loves you. I want you to put your hand on your womb. Your womb is below your belly button. If you are none of these categories, feel free to follow us in faith. Okay? I want you to say after me, and I want you to say it from the bottom of your heart in faith. I want you to say, Abba, Abba, I come believing. I have an inheritance in Christ. I choose to believe your word. Your word says, by his stripes, I was healed. And if I was healed, I am healed. So I come to position myself to receive the inheritance that is mine. I despise the evil report. I despise the lying symptoms. I honor your word because your word does not fail. Heaven and earth may pass away, but your word is forever. So, Lord, I come and to thank you for my healing. I come to thank you for good health. I come to thank you for well-being. In Jesus' name. I just want you to worship God. I just want you to worship him. I just want you to thank, thank, thank him, 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 thank him. 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 Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.com.